I'm not Christopher Walken, but if I was, I would download the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. These two guys are funny, so please, subscribe to this podcast or I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. Thanks for downloading. If you're keeping score at home, I'm Sanders. And I'm Liv. How about that BP, man? Ah, he was great, man. He was fabulous. He was a little guarded, though. He was a little worried about a lot of stuff blowing back at him. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, which I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why, but that's that's BP, man. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's super reserved when it comes to that. He's by the book. Well, this story, I don't know, Floyd, the, uh... The story with uh, with Yvette when she came into poor house. He didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh, there's there's a story there. Yeah, it was years ago. I don't even know Brian. I think it's before they got married. It was when I was in Boston and Floyd showed up with her to the poor house. I was coming on later that night, and uh, Brian was going out there and he was being, um, you know, he was going to comp their meal anyway, you know, like because. You know, Floyd's our buddy, you know? Right. And you figure it was going to be just like a nice little exchange. He comes out there to talk to him. He's like, oh, uh, good to see you. How, how, how was everything? And she start, and she's like, well, and she starts complaining. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian was taken quite aback by it. <laughs> I think Floyd was all drunk and they got out of there. <laughs> oh, beautiful. No such thing as a free meal, right? Yeah, and, he, and he's like, and he, he totally didn't expect that reaction because even if they thought it sucked, he was thinking, "Well, you know, I'm friends with Floyd, you know." Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like showing up somewhere with your wife and and you know saying to a room full of guys, "Guys, don't she look beautiful?" And one of the guys goes, "Ah, I don't know. She's a little hippie." Um, yeah. that dress isn't that flattering on her. Um, you know, maybe she could do a little something with her makeup. There's just some things you don't do, man. Yeah, exactly. No matter, no matter how, just like you don't tell somebody their baby doesn't look cute. You know, it's just, right. You, you you just say nothing if you like the old saying goes. You know, uh, you know if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Right, right. Especially about the poorhouse, man. BP yeah. lives and dies by the poorhouse. Of course. Plus, like, what are you complaining about? The poorhouse is poorhouse. What I love about it, it's classic, real bar food. Yeah, you know, which is burgers. a breed, a place where you can go in and just get a greasy burger and fries and stuff like that. Absolutely. Especially in Boston, those places are hard to find. Totally. You know, especially for the the amount that they charge. You know, it's dirt yeah. cheap. Well, you remember what was it? I think they changed it now because they had to raise the prices. But when it was, but when it was two dollars and fifty cents the day they would do the half price chicken sandwiches, it was buck buck and a half night. You know? <laughs> but they had to change it, which sucks. It's like you almost don't even want to change the deal because you got such a good, um, such a good special with buck buck and a half. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, 
I don't know. I have no complaints at the poorhouse because I was living off that food when I was up there. You know, I'd go in. <laughs> I'd always take home like a order of chicken fingers or something at the end of the night. <laughs> it's one of the few places that I, I can still go into and get um, a requisite. You're, you're Sanders just by the fact that I order a vodka grapefruit. And I haven't been yeah. up there, you know, a ton in the last couple of years. But I, I probably saw BP up in Boston maybe a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. And a lot of that the that staff is still around. Buzz yeah. is still there, right? Yeah, Buzz is still there. You know, a couple um, of the guys would Adam recognize me. still around there. But I'm, I'm also known for the guy that brought uh, – that that's bought and sent them – an animatronic monkey for Christmas. Oh, nice! Do you remember? I don't. It would have been. When did you leave Boston? Two thousand. I left July 29th, two thousand five. Was the day I flew back. Okay, so the uh, Christmas of two thousand six, I went Christmas shopping, and I had just gotten back from Curacao. Um, had a couple bucks in my pocket, and decided to buy one of those gifts. That yeah. is totally uncalled for and and totally a waste unless you're buying it for somebody like Brian Peters. And I was in like Sharper Image or one of those places, and it was an animatronic talking. Am I using the, that? I'm using the right phrase, right? Like a robotic monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I think animatronic, I think about like the Hall of Presidents or yes, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney World. That's you know? exactly what it was. It was a talking yeah. monkey bust. And it had pre-programmed phases, uh, phrases, but I also think you could record phrases into it. And, of course, yeah. I recorded some requisite phrases. And I sent it up, and it's a huge box. I got it delivered to the poorhouse, and, and uh, they opened it up, and it was a big hoot. Uh, and they ended up uh, putting it behind the bar, enduring, like, whatever. They used to have, like, the tiki bar promotion or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, would dress them. And during the Christmas party, they would dress him as Santa Claus, and and he um, was well known until somebody stole him. Of course, but it was probably a three foot high. Well, maybe not three foot. Maybe a two foot high monkey head. Oh, okay. It was a legitimate. So kind of on par with that eight foot gorilla they were selling in the Sky Mall. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm su- I'm surprised that I didn't buy this from the Sky Mall. But sounds it, like a Sky Mall product. It was essentially like Brookstone or or, or Sharper yeah. Image or one of those places. Anyway, Glad so you're friends with this handsome talking chimpanzee <laughs> <laughs> <Too> head. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly uh. what it was. So. Every once in a while, I'd come up, and BP would be like, um, you know who that is? He's the guy who bought George. And we named him George because their, BP and I had this, uh, had this joke, um, and George was the guy who rented us the DJing equipment when he and I were doing sorority formals. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, he was kind of the butt of our, you know... Inside George. jokes. He's kind of a doofy guy. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but he became he became the guy uh, that was any time that we needed a name. George was the was the go to. So, um, so it was good. I was glad it was. It was a good good show last week. Good times with uh, with our main man BP. 
Yeah, it's hard to believe that was a week ago now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, pulling back the curtain, uh, it's actually probably only about eight minutes ago, but yeah. uh, I've got a, uh, a a wedding to attend next week, and I'll be leaving on uh, Wednesday, returning the following Tuesday. Curacao. Oh, okay. You're going to the Mike Reardon nuptials. I'm going to the Mike Reardon wedding, which is... um, I was talking about those nuptials today, actually. No way. During my lunch conversation, yes. So, the the deal with the the wedding is, um, when Mike was down in Curacao, uh, like 96 to 2000, I think, was probably his run. Um, He was down there in 2000... Uh, what year was it that I went? It was 2001 I went down there. So okay. I'm still down there because I went before stuff. No, no, it was 2002 because it was after 9-11 because I do remember Fabi was meeting us in Miami and he would, apparently Fabi always got, because he used to have the beard and stuff, apparently he used to always get the full uh, full body cavity search at yes. the airport. Now. You're right. That was their heyday. That that was probably the last year. Yeah. Um because they got stuck in the States because of nine eleven. They had to take like trains, planes and automobiles just to get down to Miami. Yeah. Um and he ended up meeting a girl uh, who at the time he met her, um she, young? she was she was yeah. she was very young. Yeah. Uh, then she matured to the ripe old age of 18, and yes. then he started dating her. So um, they've been together uh, for a long time and uh, are finally getting married. And, and uh, the wedding plans were a little uh, a little scattered. They were going to have a, a wedding in Boston and then also have a wedding in, um, in Curacao. And yeah. then... The plans got changed, and then it only became a wedding in Curacao, and then it became a very small, intimate gathering. And there's only two or three guys uh, invited, and um, I happen yeah. to be one of them. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm honored by things like that. When people ask me to be in their wedding, or people invite yeah. me to a wedding, like I, I, I take great pride in, in knowing well, that I made give the you cut. My side of because I mean I know you're you're in it. I mean I know you're. You're a part of it, or gonna be there. Um, I remember when I was in Boston in 2011. At that point, Danique and Mike had been engaged for like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, well, we're gonna get married in Curacao. They're like, will you come? And I was like, hell yeah, I'll come. Because I was like, that's a reason to go to Curacao. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that was in 2011. Of course, they still had no solid plans for how they were gonna get married or when they were gonna get married. They just said, we're going to get married in Curacao, and we'd love for you to come. <laughs> but that was three years ago, because I, you know, it was the, the, I remember they came over, because it was when I was up there for Fat Pat's wedding. I was up there twice that year. Okay. For the Holly Hog and then Fat Pat's wedding. And it was the night we were sitting there watching the Saints put, throw up 62 points on the Colts on Sunday night football. And, uh, and of course that never happened. And then, um. A few months ago, you know, three or four months ago, I got a Facebook message from Denise asking me for my address, you know, and we're going back and forth. She's like, we're having a party in October, you know, and then, and then I start putting two, to, two and two together, like, oh, the party in October is going to be celebrating their 
wedding or whatever or engagement. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew it had to be affiliated with with them being a couple. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So then probably, you know, sometime in maybe early June, I get an email from Mike. And he's like, I wanted to, I'll, I'll do it in my Mike Reardon voice. <laughs> you know, like he's reading it to me. He's like, I wanted to talk to you personally. I can't do a good Mike Reardon. <laughs> Uh, whatever he's like he's like i don't know if you heard now but i did want to reach out to you personally and let you know uh we were supposed to have the party in october you know we were gonna get married a small thing in curacao but uh you know we invite the family we didn't think the family would come but then they all decide to come even jack you know his dad who doesn't like to fly right right uh and uh <laughs> he's like he's like so so we just decided we're not going to pay for two big wedding parties. So we're canceling the thing in October. Sorry. I hope I see you soon. He's like, and like to not make me feel bad. He's like, he's like, so like, you know, it's only going to be a few people, people that were like down there and worked with us who are friends with us. Like Sanders. He's like, no drew, no Steve, you know, I was like, all right, that's fine. I understand. I'm not going to get all sore about not being invited, you know, like the least he, you know, I mean, I appreciate the way he approached me, but he definitely did not have to qualify uh, by saying, no, no, I'm not really fucking with you. Drew and Steve aren't even <laughs> <right."> <laughs> uh, But, you know, it's serious if Drew and Steve aren't even right. Right, right. He's known you know, Drew know since he was... bullshitting with me, but still, it didn't even matter, you know? He didn't have to do that to cover up for the fact that he wasn't inviting me because my shirt got torn at... At Mike Peters' wedding. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, so I, I, I now I remember him saying it was in August, and now here it is, and very weird that I was having this conversation with my lunch companion today about the wedding. <laughs> now it's happening next week. So it's so funny. Um, one, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm super honored because Drew and Steve aren't going, and Drew and Steve are his best friends forever. Yeah. They and now, used, he, now you're ahead of them. Now I'm ahead of them, um, which is great because it's it's almost arbitrary because I lived down there. So yeah, um, and that apparently was like you know what decided it. And I, in thinking about it as we're talking it out right now, I think a lot of that might have to do with the fact that I know Denique's mom, I know her family, I know her cousins. Okay. So that might be a little bit of a um, you know uh, of. Um, uh, of a rat, I don't say rationale, but um, you know they're but thinking you're going to mesh with the with since it's a small wedding anyway. You might as well have somebody that's going to mesh with the family there. Yeah, and right. when you when you try to mix, I don't want to say mix cultures because that's kind of cliche. But when when you go down to Curacao, it's tough to throw a party because um, you know you've got a couple of the folks that want to hear. Um, you know, they want to hear like um, salsa music or, or reggaeton. Uh, then you've got a couple of people who want to hear, you know, rock and roll. And then you want to hear some party music. So, But everybody wants to hear this. As far as I know, this is what everybody wanted to hear when I was down there. Hey, baby. Ooh. Ah. Oh, if you beat my girl. <laughs> that was the hottest tune um, on the island I'm, when I was down I'm there. I'm pretty sure it still is. I'm yeah. pretty sure it still is. As the foam was skewing out of the walls at the club. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah. I'm headed down, and a couple months ago he called me and was like, "Hey, listen, you know, I want to talk to you." And, and he's pretty good about keeping in touch. And you know, a couple months ago I had a conversation with him. We haven't we haven't had a real you know kind of you know deep heart to heart conversation in a while. But when we he and I spent a good amount of time in Curacao together uh, yeah. when he was coming to visit Danique, and they were doing you know half time there, half time home. Uh, yeah. He and I spent a month together in Europe, traveling around, and didn't oh, kill yeah. each other. Um, so he and I can chat about stuff like that, and so we were kind of you know commiserating about stuff. And um, he gave me a call, and I picked up right away, and I was like, "Hey man, what's happening?" He's like, "Listen." I'm busy, uh, and I won't keep you, but I just want you to know um, I'm getting married, and I want you to be there. It's Here's the date. And at the time, it was two months, and it was one of those situations where I was like, all right, well, listen, I'm not really working right now, um, and if it was anything else, I would have probably bailed on it. But one, this is how I feel about being invited to weddings, and two, I have two months to figure it out. I'll get down there. Yeah. No problem. Well, fast forward two months from now, I'm no closer to figuring out my work uh, and company situation than I was in June, but um, I need a vacation. But the only thing more stressful than needing a vacation and not taking a vacation is needing a vacation and taking a vacation you can't afford. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Oh, my God. I need a vacation. The one thing that deters me from taking a vacation is the fact that by the nature of my job, I don't have paid vacation, so it's like missing two weeks of work to go right. spend a week's worth of money and oh. then not get paid during that week. That's got to put you in the hole. It's a double whammy. Yeah, it's it's like so. So being off of work for a week is being off of work for two weeks. Essentially, it sucks. Right, 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 right. You know, so I gotta like, I gotta think about well and hard before I go on vacation. Yeah, <laughs> but I really do need one. So I'm, well, glad, I'm glad you're getting one. Well, here's the rub. Well, one, here's the other stressful part, is, is, is none of the clothes that I need for Carousel fit me. I have, I've had a whole year. They're too big, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had a whole year to dedicate myself to nothing but forwarding my career and launching my company and working out. Those are two things that I had on my calendar for the entire year. Do you think I went to the gym? Not at all. So I went yeah, to... Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, your first 39 years of life, you weren't running to the gym too often. <laughs> but there were points when I was in pretty good shape during... Uh, during. I thought you were doing very well for a while here. Like, in, at least, like, back... When was it? Like, February or whatever. I thought you were doing well. Yeah, I was hitting the pool. Yeah. You know, I was in pretty good shape, and then things just kind of took a turn. But um, I put on my fancy linen pants and, and you know, my guayabera, my formal wear, you know, my Caribbean formal wear. None of it fit. It was so disheartening. So now now not only am I stressing about the uh, the finances of the trip, now I'm like, oh, man, now i got to go buy new clothes that I got to get hemmed and oh i'm gonna feel so uncomfortable because i'm gonna be hot but here's the deal need some linens and some light clothing yeah a Um, linen suit or seersucker suit would have come in handy well here's (laughs) the thing i get the invitation it was very informal um you know it was just it was nice it was one sheet um the rsvp was to a um to a gmail account 
Um, okay, very informal. Real easy. And the attire was dressy casual. Dressy casual. Now we didn't cover that in the in the summer uh, fashion in the two star excuses summer fashion guide. We covered backyard barbecue casual. Yes. We covered garden, garden party, and we covered post wedding hangover. Yes. Casual. Hangover, yes. But we didn't cover dressy casual. Yeah. Well, because we had no reason to. But let me say, I find dressy casual for a Curacao wedding would be an odd choice. Okay. Do you agree with me? Well, I'm not 100% sold on what dressy casual is, so I don't know. I mean, I guess the other thing you guys say, well, what's dressy casual in a Caribbean country? And if dressy casual in a Caribbean country to me is going to be the same shit Sonny Crockett wore on Miami Vice. All right. Well, there's a couple guys who I'm I'm using as a barometer. You've got um, you remember you remember Skip, <laughs> Skip Skip from Curacao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall, handsome. He's from the he's from the Midwest, but he adapted. Yeah, guys that were from like Nebraska. Or exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Skip uh, adapted to uh, Caribbean Don Juan style very quickly. He, everything about him was, you know, fancy linen pants, fancy linen shirt. Yeah. He bought a boat, frosted tips. Like, he got into the scene. He's a lifer. That's where he lives now. He got married to a, um, to a Colombian chick. Uh, has, you know, a ton of money. He's doing really well for himself. He's left Nebraska behind. Yeah, you definitely need a Panama hat then. The other end of the spectrum is Sean Reardon, who goes everywhere in Adidas slides and yep. black socks. So some Why the black socks. I don't know. He just always wears black socks. Or maybe he doesn't always wear black socks. Maybe sometimes they're white socks, but he always wears the Adidas slides with well, socks. Well you know what he he has his feet exposed a lot because I I remember years ago I made a joke to yeah, because he's he's kind of olive skin to begin with. But his feet were significantly darker than the rest of his body. <laughs> I was like, you look like you have a Mexican's feet. <laughs> I was like, you got the feet of a Mexican and the rest of the body tone of an Italian. <laughs> and he looked down and it was like, you know, because he, he would wear pants with flip-flops. All the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so his feet were dark as hell. It was like right at like where the cuff line is the hemline on the pants was like the cutoff. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I, I, that's that's my barometer. I got to fall somewhere between those two and look reasonably put together doing so. Well, I can't have my pants. You were going to mention, God, God rest his soul, that one of your influences was going to be Paul. <laughs> well, that's that's a that would have been a question uh, if uh, Paul was still with us. He would have undoubtedly been invited to the wedding. Yeah, but dressy casual would have been his uh, Mike Dicka Bears like sweater. You remember that? Um, no, I don't. I don't. It was like a, I just remember uh, joking about it, and Mike sent us a picture. It wasn't a bear sweater, but it. It kind of looked. You remember that sweater Dicker used to wear? He wears in that commercial. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It said bears across it. 
uh, Paul had like a sweater like that. You know, it was, it didn't say bears, but it was like a similar design or something. Okay, well and that's Mike referred to it as his Mike Dick sweater or whatever. Well, that's because he's a guy who spent probably you know close to twenty years in the Caribbean and went to no social functions. Liked to go to one bar, um, yep. liked to hang out and Larry's. And right, he went to Larry's. Uh, you know, indulged in what he indulged in, and and wore his shorts and a polo shirt. That was kind of his, yeah. uh, his fair. And um, that's how really dude that guy. What's that? He was a really good dude. Oh, he's a great dude. He was a great dude. Yeah. I lived with him for a couple years. Um, and he he cracked up. He I I used to crack him up. He used to call me um a a baby bear cub because oh, okay. my yeah. room was so dark. Yeah. But I would sleepwalk, <laughs> and I would eat chocolate chip cookies or whatever was available, yeah. you know. And um, he he'd be sitting out in the living room, and I'd come out, you know. I'd peek my way out of my little bear cub hole, he would call it, and then I would come and I'd ravage through the cookies, and there would be crumbs everywhere, and I'd crawl mm-hmm. back into my little bear cub hole, and I'd go back to sleep in the dark, you know, for 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 days at a time. But I only met him that one week we were down there, but he completely embraced us. Like that guy just, that guy was just all about having a good time. He loved visitors, man. He yeah, loved when he visitors just loved came. Life. He just, like every night we were there, he wanted to hang out with us every night, man. Yeah, he was a good guy. He was yeah. a really good guy. Yeah. Um, so I'll be headed down. I think I've got a pair of linen pants um, that'll need to be hemmed. I'll think, okay. see if I can get my mom to do that. I'm glad you're going with that other than the black socks with Adidas slides. <laughs> I really think that's an awful look. Uh, I'm going to pick up the Guayabara. I'm going to pick up a, a traditional Cuban formal wear, which is uh, like a linen shirt with the pockets uh, at yeah, the chest. Yeah. Uh, yes, and yes. then the pockets at the at the hips, so it's yeah. kind of cool. Um, now the big question is: Is do I wear flip flops or or I have a pair of like uh, like Sanook like slip on sandal kind of shoes? I think you wear. I think you can wear flip flops because you're probably going to be at a beach anyway, or maybe you just go get a nicer pair of sandals. I don't. I don't think your feet should be covered personally. All right. Well, my flip flops are pretty nice. They're leather. Yeah, um, well, if they're leather, yeah, definitely wear those then. Yeah, all right. So that's my that's uh, that's how I'm rolling. Come no on, one, I come from a tropical climate. I can give advice on this. <laughs> Nobody's going to be looking at me saying, "Who's the guy who wore the flip flops?" Yeah. <laughs> ah. So that settles that. All right. So we got dressy well, you casual. Have to post pictures of Curacao dressy casual because that's what it is. Curacao dressy casual in New Jersey wouldn't be that look. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And in true Reardon fashion, um, there are events. It's like the love boat. There are events from the time I touch down to the time I leave. Oh, and your cruise director is Julie. (laughs) You should get some type of hat, though. You know what? I I look silly in it. Your bald head in that climate down there. I look silly in a hat. I have two hats. I have a, um, I have a, a uh, Samuel L. Jackson type Kangol. What, like like the uh, like a like taxi driver Kangol hat? Yeah, yeah, like a taxi driver kind of yeah, Kangol yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's black and it's it's for warm weather because it breathes. It's almost yeah. it's almost see through, but not really. Um, and then my like, sister bought me a Panama Jack hat. Um, well, that'd probably be more appropriate. Is it light colored? It is light colored, but I don't. know. I think I look silly in it. 
No, and I thought I looked silly in hats too until I bought that one hat that I took that picture in. Yeah. If, if you you can rock it right, man, it, it's all it's all gonna be about the wardrobe you're in. What yeah, I think you need to do, you need to go to Google and look up pictures like those Cuban guys. Yeah, that's true. Or like Havana in the fifties. I guarantee you, you'll find the look you're looking for. All right, hold on. W- wait here. Wait here. I'll be right back. All right. I'm back. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Good news and bad news. Good news is I found my hats. Okay. Bad news is, is the Panama Jack hat is crushed. I knew you were going to say it was crushed. All right. So give me a second here. Hold on. I had a feel about that. I didn't take very good care of it. Yeah. I wrapped mine in, uh, in a plastic. Because a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting there. And I was like, this thing's going to get dusty and dirty. So I put it in a plastic bag and put it far up on the shelf out of reach. So that it won't get crushed. I'm looking at it right now. All right. Here you go. I'm going to send this to you. Although we're breaking the um, the code of no cell phones by the... Yeah. By the microphones. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Here it comes. Here it comes, walking down the street. This is our fun fashion episode, <laughs> another fashion episode. All right, that's I the... I the show would be so sartorially centered when that's, we started out. That's the Panama Jack hat. All right, it hasn't gotten to me yet. Did it say it's sent? Ah, there it is. Dude, that hat's too small for your head. It is pretty small, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think you could probably just go get a hat when you're down there. Maybe. Do this. Don't get it. Don't go down there with a hat. But if you see something you can rock when you're down there, get it. Well, hold on. I got one more hat. I got one more hat. Hold on. Oh wait, wait. Oh no, I gotta turn the other way because the light's behind me. All right. Now, this is the Samuel L. Jackson scally cap. Samuel L. Jackson scally cap. Coming in. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. I'm glad to see you rocking the Syracuse t-shirt right now. Haha, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> always, always true to your school. All right, it's being... Ah, there we go. Ah, uh, nice. I think that could work. Yeah, that one's not so bad, right? Yeah, I think that could work. All right, I got one more, one more. Oh, he's got a third hat. Hold on.
All right, I could rock that. All right, I'm waiting to see the third one. Ah, nice. You yep. should rock that one. <laughs> There's nothing people down there are going to love more than you saying, fuck you, I'm Captain America. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'll post... I'm going to post those up on uh, twosorryexcuses.com. You, you can set it up as a poll. Uh, exa- perfect. Find how many people actually read the website. Perfect, perfect. What, what hat you should wear. <laughs> I definitely think the Captain America is the way to go. All right. But in seriousness, I'd say the scally cap probably would fit, would work best with the, uh, with the outfit. Yeah. All right. So how long well, are you down there? I go down on Tuesday. I come back on a Wednesday, so I get down Tuesday at seven thirty. Oh, that's a nice long trip. And I'm back. Uh, I leave Wednesday, uh, Tuesday at eight a.m. So it's nice because on paper, it's a six-day trip, right? Is that six or seven yeah. days? Well, if you're going. Tuesday to Tuesday? No, Wednesday to Tuesday. That's seven oh, days. Wednesday to Tuesday. I thought you said Tuesday to Wednesday at first, and then you said, I leave on Tuesday and come back on Tuesday. And I was really confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a nice six-day trip, yeah. But it's done. So when I – you get – it's so funny. When you go down there, you you get props if, if you go for – especially with Reardon. If you go for an extended amount of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. L- like – I'm going, which is essentially seven calendar days. Um, but that's not long enough for my career. No, no, I get props for it because his family oh, is only going right. to be down there a day before me and we leave the same day. Kurt and Dan are coming in on a Thursday and leaving on a Monday. What? what what's holding them back from taking a full trip? <laughs> <laughs> Very good question. Now, each of them has a couple kids. Uh, I think Kurt is coming without his wife. Dan is coming with his wife. Okay. Uh, so I guess they got to get back for kids, but otherwise. Yeah, I guess school's going to be getting in swing soon and all that, too. Yeah, but I'm not sure. But they're catching shit because they're only going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They're only going five days. Okay. But my trip is I get in on Wednesday night at 7.30. So I kind of will be pulling into whatever party is going on. Um, where be, are you staying? Um, I'm staying with my buddy Mick. All right. Because that's, that's what I was wondering about. Because like today when I was talking about how great Carousel was, I was talking about the time we went there. And all we had to pay for basically was the plane ticket. Yes. You know, we had better accommodations than if we had than if we stayed in a hotel because we were in like a real house with great air conditioning and real beds and and an actual kitchen. You know, it was it was so much better than going there on a vacation, even if it was all expenses paid. Yeah. You know, and that was the great thing about Carousel. Yeah, it's like living the high life. Yeah. You know, because how often in your life do you, are you in a position where you have uh, a free place to stay in an awesome island in the Caribbean. And that was always his thing. He'd always say, and to his credit, he's like, listen, don't let money be a deterrence from not visiting me. Yeah. And sure enough, he made good on that promise. All you had to do was get yourself down there, and you basically didn't have to pay a thing for anything. Yeah, I mean, I spent money, but but, but it didn't really... He wasn't, like, forcing you to open your wallet. Right. You used to spend money because you were at Mambo and you wanted to buy pina coladas for everybody. Yeah. 
You know, not because you had to buy dinner. Yeah, exactly. Like, I remember him. I'm pretty sure Mike was picking up our dinner tabs and stuff. Yeah. Like, when we went to the Argentinian Steakhouse and, and the ranch and every place else. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. So I'm lucky because that is into figured into the mix. There's... Um, so I get in on a Wednesday, and um, apparently Denise's mom is having a little, um, you know, kind of get together or something in her house for the families, um, which um, I'll be invited to. Of so course. I'll be headed there, and that's my Wednesday night activity. Thursday, he is renting a bus or a van um, and heading out to the west side of the island, uh, ah. do a little picnicking. I'll watch the sunset, like a whole beach day for his whole family, which is awesome. Yeah, um, that sounds cool. Friday will probably be a little bit of a rest and recovery day. And then uh, we're going to hit the ranch on Friday night. The ranch is awesome. Then Saturday is the wedding. And Sunday will be another rest and, and recovery day. You know, probably hang around the pool. Yeah. The, the Reardon family rented a big, a big house. Nice. Um, so they have a pool and stuff, so I'll probably, you know, kind of hang with them all day on, on Sunday. And then Monday, hopefully catch up with, you know, a couple of the Curacao people who've reached out to me, uh, which is nice. Because I kind of left and, and, you know, kind of didn't look back. I kept in touch with Mick and, um, yeah. you know, a couple of the folks. And I, I had some, some pretty decent friends down there, but I always looked at it as, a, you know, just a, a phase, like a stopover. Yeah. You like know, a stopover, a waste station in life. Yeah, I didn't make a... a you know, a life out of it down there. Yeah. And, um, but there were some really good people who, who I met, who I lost touch with, who are still down there, still doing the same thing. And a yeah. couple of them reached out to me and were like, Hey, listen, I heard you might be coming down. We're really excited. You know, you kind of, uh, you know, you kind of fell off and you were missed by a lot of people, which is always nice to hear, you know? Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, and let us, let us for the record note that Danique is one of the sweetest, best people ever. For yeah, as I'm not much for a character in all this talking. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because when Denique first met me, I don't think she could stand me. <laughs> um, well, you came. Your first trip was with Creedon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys really made an impression on her. Um, <laughs> I think that was when they had first really kind of started dating and hanging out a lot. Yeah, and. Um, I, don't, I guess you guys just gave off a real creeper vibe. No pun intended. For the gives off the creeper vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you guys were a little out of your minds and, and didn't make a very good impression upon her. And uh, uh, I guess that lasted for a while. But what, what did you guys do? You guys, uh, did you soften her up while you lived in Boston? Yeah, I don't know. Now we go back and forth on Facebook, and she always loves whatever I say, and she says I make her laugh. Yeah, well, she is one that, which is strange. I don't know how she's with Mike, but she is the definition of if you can make a girl laugh, you can you can get the girl kind of chick because yeah. she loves funny guys. She and her, uh, her and I get along really well, and we spent a considerable amount of time when I was living down in Curacao. It was like the three of us. Uh, yeah. You know, I was the third wheel no matter where we went, you know, and she totally embraced it and she was fine. And, um, you know, she's always been a big fan of mine. And and um, I know over the last couple of years that she's definitely warmed up to you. So she just loves. Well, you know what? I don't think she was ready for, you know, I'm loud, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's like my thing, you know, like yeah, I, yeah. 
like I'm loud and I don't have a filter. I make jokes. I, I, I rag on people, you know, like I just give people the business. Right, right. And, uh, you know, we went to, what was the place? You know, it was like the uh, Mongolian barbecue place down there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and the way they marked all your stuff on the uh, the the waitress, you know, wrote it down in whatever the mixed uh, Dutch Curacao dialect was, and we're like, well, what does this mean? You know, where they put the tickets down, and and uh, <laughs> Credence like said Monbril. Monbril, man with glasses. <laughs> man with glasses. So we always, so we. You know, he was Mon Brill forever, and mine said Mon something, you know? Mon Donker. Weren't you Mon Donker? Yeah, something like that, but I remember <laughs> Danique is like, you should have been Mon Loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And she was like taking a dig at me, you know? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I admit it. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'll usually grow on you. (laughs) And it worked, you know, when she was living there in Boston, and then all the years since, we've always gotten along famously. (laughs) Yeah, she's a good egg. She's cool. Yeah, yeah. She's a a great girl. (laughs) Uh, And she also, first thing she taught us was, how do you say fucking in the kitchen? Nuking in the cooking. Oh, I was wondering what the name of this episode was going to be, but it's called Nukin, Nukin and the Kukin. Nukin and the Kukin. <laughs> ah, good times, good times, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a special shout out to Danique on the... So if you listen to this, Danique, I know it was a long time coming, but I love you, baby. Congratulations on the upcoming nuptials, and uh, try to keep that sour-ass bastard Mike. In his place. Yeah, don't let him give you any guilt trips. <laughs> uh, no matter how positive your experience is with Mike, you always walk away feeling a little guilty. <laughs> um, uh, hey, so we I should keep in touch more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, listen, we are. Um... We're cruising right along here. We're 42 minutes in. Even if I edit out the, uh, edit out my little sojourn to get my hats, we, um, we're, we're still pretty deep in here. And we haven't even talked about um, the story of the week, which will be two weeks old by the time we get around to this. The, uh, the Princeton Review? The Princeton Review came out with the top party schools. Yes, and Syracuse was number four in entrepreneurial schools. Yes, yes, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we once again are on the top. We, we've been the number one party school um, in at least one or two other polls previously, right? Uh, yeah, well, you know, what, what was the... Uh, I never personally saw it, but when I got there, it was like, you know, there's the number one party school in Playboy in 1992 or something. You know, it was always, people always quote, throwing these things at you, you know? Well, when I went like, in 90... verified polls that have been done. When I went in 92, I thought that we were number, the number six party school in the yeah. Playboy. Uh, yeah, it was, in the Playboy. Or it might have been, it might have been uh, the library at Syracuse, according to Playboy, was the best place to have sex or something. That, the number one place to pick up chicks in the country is Bird Library. Yeah. And um, while I've never done it, I certainly can see that that 
is true. It's right on the, it's right on Walnut Park, right by all those sororities. Um, I'm sure it had a ton of sorority chicks. There's a whatever. It would have like six floors, right? It was a huge yeah, building. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was a big place. So I can certainly see how that. Uh, and you can, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I never did anything there. Not that I didn't try, but I never did. <laughs> <laughs> but here's that's a story for another day. Here's my question: is is what's the criteria behind the the top twenty party schools? Because uh, I had a good time. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a good time too. But I don't know. I mean, apparently, we're in the top twenty every year. Now I've been up there um, recently within the last five years. I've been up at least four times, and um, it's picked up considerably over the last few years. Because I remember sometime between you know 2003, I'm sorry, 2006 and 2010, it I'd go up to visit Guy. I'd come back from Curacao um, and gone up to visit him, and it was just I'd go up about two times a year, once in the summer with Ange, and then once in the winter just so he and I could hang, and. it was dead. Like on a Saturday night, um, you know, one side open. Uh, Sunday nights, barely anybody in the joint. Yeah, but I don't know if you remember Saturdays. I don't. Know, it seemed like when I was there, Saturdays were always kind of. It was Thursdays were the peak of the bar scene in college. See, I remember Fagan's being busy all the time. See, I mean, you say that, but it seemed to me like Fridays were all about happy hours. Yes. Uh, Saturdays usually seem to be nights for like, uh, you know, the Greeks to have their parties and whatnot. Yeah, Wednesdays obviously we're always busy at Fagan's because of flip night. Yeah. Thursday, obviously Saturday only having one side open does still seem kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, but now it's gotten to the point where they open up that second side. It's busy. A Saturday is what you'd expect a Saturday in college at a college yeah. bar to be. Yep, Friday so, probably is a little slow because it was the happy hour. Yep. Although the hap- they do do pretty good business on the happy hour. Well, when I was there is when they started. It was like right near when I was finishing up. That's when they start that around the world thing. Yep. You know, with you know, with the friggin' fifty different beers they have on tap or whatever. Yeah, I don't even know if they still do that anymore. They still have the plaques up, but yeah, um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm up there somewhere on that wall. Um. They need you on that wall, Liv. Yeah, they want you on that wall. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that kills me about the the party school thing, you know, and I love seeing Floyd. He was even one of those people that kind of had the uh, ambivalent thing. We're number one party school. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> fake stodginess from people. Yes. Yes, your degree is devalued because we're the number one party school. Right, right. You know, like, oh no, what, what is the world coming to? Oh no, kids in Syracuse are, are are filling out surveys that say they get really drunk. You know, because <laughs> that's obviously what it's all about. Uh, the one thing that did you see all the all the things they ranked in in Princeton Review? No, I honestly only looked at the party school. I think Syracuse.com had all the things Syracuse ranked in, because they ranked in a lot of them, you know, like the number two best school newspaper. Uh, they were in the top five for, like, student radio station. And they were also, like, in the top five or top ten or whatever for uh, 
where Greek life is big. And that one really shocked me because I, I'll be honest with you, one of the lures of Syracuse University was that it wasn't all about the Greek life. Yeah, and while we were there, they, they did the they did their best to crush yeah, the Greek system. Yeah, I mean, when system. I got there, they had already, like, the year before I got there, they had all, old Buzz Shaw had already started shutting down fraternities. Yeah. And when I got there, like, the, which, it was a really big one. It was the one Steve-O was in, Sig Ep. They were one of the biggest on campus, and they got kicked off. I remember one of the guys that li- that we were good buddies with and, um, and you know, that lived next door to me and, and Brewster Boland on Brew 3. He he pledged, got initiated, and they were kicked off the next week. Yeah. You know, and they were like, every year at least one fraternity was getting kicked off campus. Yeah, they went after them with a vengeance and, and cracked down on the parties. Um, yep. Yeah, so I'm surprised it made such a... Um, I mean, such a resurgence. See, that's why I always wonder about the, um, you know, how they figure out um, these rankings. You know, what's the criteria, the methodology? Because, because like that situation there, and it's like I have a hard time believing they're bigger on Greek life there than they are at just your average Southern state school in the middle of nowhere. Right. You know, like a school like Alabama or Ole Miss or one of these other schools in bumfuck nowhere where you have nothing to do and everybody's a bunch of hicks. <laughs> <laughs> what um, uh, What was the – did they rank um, the Newhouse School? Um, I don't know if that was ranked per se in terms of anything, but like I said, they did have – Top radio station, number two newspaper. Yale was only number one. So I mean, I'm gonna say it's all subsets of Newhouse stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they also had um, like, you know, the school of management. I know they've since we left there, like the business school, they've invested a load of money in there, like into the entrepreneur program specifically. So they were number four for like best entrepreneurial programs. I'm gonna see if I can find it right now. And, um, you know, we can get all that, you know, you can peruse it at your leisure. But, uh, but all these people, oh, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. Oh, the administration, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to go cut down drinking more than you did before because, because of some stupid arbitrary rankings? <laughs> right. You know? Right. Oh, oh they're going to start cracking down on Syracuse because apparently kids there drink and have a good time. It's so stupid. So stupid. But they were making fun of it the other night on that um, At Midnight show. What's, uh, what's the At Midnight show? It, it comes on right after Colbert Report. It's a mock game show. It's hosted by this guy Chris Hardwick. It's terrible, but it's it's basically like uh, gone through shit on the internet. Whatever's making the rounds on the internet, and they have like three comedians up there. And sometimes they'll have like really legitimate people. And it's like, oh... Uh, so they showed a picture that was attached to one of these stories of the party school. And for a second, I was like, oh, no. I hope this isn't the infamous picture. <laughs> <laughs> but there was some other dudes, and they were focused in on one of the guys, and they're like, what's he thinking? And each of the comedians has to come up with an idea of what he's thinking. Okay. But let's segue to um, – well, let me, let me do the setup first to tell you about how all that went down. All right. 
Um, we we spoke before, and you can give background on this because I know we spoke about it on on the podcast before about the famous picture during the 1996 Final Four when you, Mike, Soap, and BP were caught by probably somebody who had just graduated or was a student in photojournalism during the 1996 Final Four run in Fagans. I'm going to guess it was a, a guy named Ezra Shaw. Now, I'm just... I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, I know who Ezra is. He was buddies with Eric Levereau. Yep, I'm going to just give it to him because uh, during that Final Four run... Um, he had asked me if it was okay if he uh, he followed me around or followed us around and just snapped pictures. And I was like, yeah, totally, that's that's cool. I never saw any of the pictures. I never, um, you know, got any of the pictures. But apparently what SI does or did at the time was uh, for all the schools that get to the Final Four, they commission – a student photographer or a local photographer to take pictures through the entire run so when they put together that commemorative edition for the national champion they have a ton of pictures so that's all good and everything but i do believe that picture was originally published like a new woman magazine or something uh, okay so continue Wasn't it? It was like a woman's world. Well, yeah, because we didn't win the national championship, so we yeah. had no... Um, so it was like sold to like AP had the rights. You know, it was one of those generic um, photo services that got the rights to it or whatever. And it was in a 1990... Uh, I have it here somewhere. It, it was in an edition of... Um, of What did you say? It was like New Woman, A Woman's World, or something like that. Uh, I want to say New Woman Magazine. I think, yeah, you're, I think, I think it, you're right. And it was in an article about what's up with men and their sports fanaticism. It was... Uh, of course, I don't have it. Jimmy Smits is on the cover, though. And I was dating uh, the fair Jody Skolnick at the time. And she and I were in New York City, where she lived, and we were sitting um, at one of her friend's house, and her friend had a copy of the um, New Woman magazine with Jimmy Smits on the cover, and it was sitting there on the thing, and I go, oh, oh, I didn't know you have that, I'm in that magazine, and Jody's like, what are you talking about? And I said, oh yeah, let me see it, and you open it up. And the centerfold is, uh, does your guy like sports too much? And it's us. Now, the problem yep. with the, the picture in the magazine is soap is cut out of it yeah. because he's the crease. So yep. it's just me, BP, and Reardon in, uh, in the picture. And that was the first time that that picture surfaced. Yeah. So... And I remember Brian was loving it because, I don't know, it might have been our senior year when that finally came out. Right. You know, like in 1997 or 98. 97 was exactly when the magazine was published. Yeah, okay. And it was gone around and that's what it was. And it was just kind of funny. Brian thought he was famous for it. Um, (laughs) And he, he, I think he framed it and hung it up in his room and everything. Yeah, it's a great picture. Yeah. It's a great picture. And it was funny. It was like, look at this. We're in this magazine. So, um, and we spoke about it in the show before because it was kind of a funny thing. And I, and it has come up in 
was it was it like um, New York Post or New York Daily News in the past couple of years uh, where somehow it was used? Yeah, New York Post had it. Yeah, and so it's just out there like it's this stock photo of Syracuse guys getting drunk and partying, basically. It's uh, right now. It's also featured on Reddit on the subreddit Frat, which I think is funny. Yeah, um, exactly. So I um, I peruse Reddit. Uh, every once in a while, just to kind of, you know, kill some time. But I, um, I actually opened up an account called Two Sorry Excuses and commented on the picture. Now a bunch of people, uh, it now, granted, this is the frat subreddit, so it's a bunch of fraternity guys, and they talk about a bun- bunch of fraternity stuff. Um, but people are all indignant. And they're like, I've never understood these. I go to a major Midwestern university, and I drink th- three to four days a week. Tailgates, bar and hopping. Everybody listening, let me just interject real quick. Not one of those people in that photo was in a frat. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. So all these... Um, so they're getting angry at that picture, and they're getting angry at the fact that Syracuse is number one, right? Yeah, and a couple things. Uh, I would assume there's just more people that are participating in the parties. Maybe they also have a reputation for hotter women. Oh, I doubt there's many tan hot girls at Syracuse. Fuck you, IFC for days. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how pale and hot the chicks are at Syracuse. <laughs> or um, how... Or how uh, orange, <laughs> right? So <laughs> those, those fake orange tans <laughs> that those Jappy girls really loved. I added the following subtext to the picture. I thought this would clarify it, and uh, you know, I thought that this would get a uh, amount, uh, a good amount of, of positive upvote on Reddit. I said, I'm one of the three main guys in that pic that's been circulating with this story. It was taken in 1996 inside of Fagan's Cafe during the Final Four. It must have been sold to a stock company because every so often I get an email or text from some chick that I wouldn't that wouldn't sleep with me in college saying that she just saw me in a magazine or a news story. Good times. Now, I thought that tied the whole thing together, but apparently people don't care about facts. They just want to yeah. pretend that... Uh, that BP, Reardon, Soap and I are in a fraternity, and this is how fraternity guys act. And this picture, which is, tw- uh, what, 17 years old at this point? Yeah, well, yeah, it was at 18 now. That was 1996. 18-year-old picture. I'll tell yeah. you what, it, this could be any college today. Well, that, I mean, it's just funny because the other thing is there's nothing about that picture that says Syracuse in it. Right. Y'all aren't decked out in orange. No. You know, no one's wearing anything that explicitly denotes y'all as Syracuse students. Right. That's what I think is funny about how they keep using that photo. Yeah. Um, so, fast forward to earlier this week. Um, I don't know. What day was that? Uh, was it Tuesday morning maybe it happened? Um, um, yes. Yes. If today is Thursday, it was definitely Tuesday. Okay, now everything's kind of crapping out on me because I'm trying to look at stuff on a computer, um, and I'm having a, I'm not having a good time, man. You know, um, so I wake up in the morning, and this is the way my routine works. I set my alarm for seven o five because I know it gives me time to lay there before I really have to get out of bed. Um, but I, so I get up and turn off the alarm, and I pull my computer up. 
and I and I open up Facebook and I see I have a message popping up there. And like earlier the day before, Steve O sent me a message asking me if Brian still ran the poorhouse, you know? Uh because there was something he wanted to do, you know, I don't know, something maybe one of his relatives or something had to do up there. Okay. Uh so next morning I wake up and is my alarm goes at 7:05. I open my computer, go to Facebook and right at 7:05 there's a a message from Stevo. Uh it says, "Uh oh, it says, uh, Peter Sanders and Soap are on the front page of the Drudge Report today. Not sure how to tell them. I'm not Facebook friends with any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I had to go in scramble mode. Uh, I was like, I respond like, whoa, whoa, what? I'll handle this. Ha, huh, they're still recycling that same pick. So immediately I went and looked it up. Because at first I'm like, well, what the hell are they on the front of Drudge Report for? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I go there and I scroll down and it says, you know, I, I go to Drudge Report and I scroll down and it says, uh, you know, uh, Jew, uh, Israeli bombardment of uh, Hamas continues. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, and then I see the picture and I see Syracuse ranked number one parties going like, and I start laughing and I, I freaking took a picture of it. Because uh, on the iPad, you know, I took a screenshot. And I was like, I got to get this sent around right away. And I sent it around right away. I was like, I got to post this to Facebook. I was going scramble mood. It totally threw off my whole plan to just lay in bed for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it killed me. It's like 18 years later. You know, it's like Jason. He... Mike Reardon wants to refer to it as Rasputin. and I'm like, it's more like Jason Voorhees. Every time you think it's over, you know, it's, oh, Jason 8. Jason takes Manhattan. You, <laughs> <know>? <laughs> <laughs> you think it's done, and then the, the hang comes shooting out with the machete out of the middle of Crystal Lake, uh, holding that picture from 1996. Uh, it's great. It's uh, great. And then people loved it, you know. I, I, I tagged... Um, you know, I, I put it on there and I tagged Carla, obviously, and Mike and Soap in it. And uh, it made the rounds. And uh, obviously, all kinds of people who I don't know were loving it, you know, because it was all people, friends like Mike Reardon and whatever that were like, oh, love this. Oh, this is great. And then Mike shared it, you know. So so it, um, it, it made its way through the community again. And it was pretty awesome. What uh, what everybody really wants to know is, did Jody Skolnick comment on it? She didn't comment on mine. She might have <sighs> commented on Mike's. All right, See, Mike, I think even took a. He didn't just share my picture. I think he took his own screenshot, which I can tell because it's not the same dimensions of my picture. That bastard. Because he cuts out the he cut out the the full headline. Okay. You know. But we're going to look, because he tagged me in it. I mean, he didn't need to tag me in it, because it made no sense. I guess he was just trying to give me a little a credit for sharing it. So then I had to go back and give a hat tip for Steve-O for pointing me in the direction of it. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, much you etiquette. Wanna, you don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to... you got to give credit where credit's due. Absolutely. You know? So, um, I don't know, it's pretty funny, and we should post that, you know... You can go and grab it from there. You got it in the text message. 
Yep. You know, we get, we should be able to to post that post that to the web page because that's kind of fun. Yeah, I'll get that up. We got a lot of postcoital uh, yeah, going on this week. There's a lot of stuff for people to see this week. I'm gonna see if if Jody Skolnick made a comment. I know Liz Stillman definitely loved it. Yes, of course she did. Speaking of Liz Stillman, um, let's talk about uh, you know in our effort to drive up. To cross that threshold of a hundred likes on our Facebook page. Yes. Several weeks ago, uh, well over a month ago now, we promised the hundredth like we get a autographed eight by ten glossy of the two sorry excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised we. I'm surprised we crossed the threshold. And what that did was it got us up to a hundred three, where we've been standing since that day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally haven't had another like. Uh, um, but like the person I like down here, I don't know if she's even listened to one of our podcasts because she only learned about it about maybe four days before that happened. Because I remember being at the same place she wasn't talking about it. Right. She went and liked it, so I, I had to honor and give her the uh, the the autograph glossy. But I figured if we're going to give one of those away, I, I end up printing three of the shots. And I figured we could give, I could give one away to one of our most loyal listeners. You can give it to your loyal listener. Uh, and I and I distribute it to the winner and the loyal listener. And I, and I don't know if you've done the same yet. I have not. I'm still holding on to mine. Well, um, you might. You probably should frame it and give it as the wedding gift to the Reardons. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, they won't listen to this before the wedding. <laughs> uh, it won't be up before the wedding. Exactly. All there right. You go. All right. That's perfect. Okay. That's what they're getting. That's what they're getting. <laughs> uh, it's it's really funny to give a... A nice self-serving gift like that—a <laughs> picture of yourself and the guy who you do a podcast with. When I was when I was um, when I worked for the minor league baseball team, uh, and I was the on-field MC, the Sandman, uh, I would routinely give autographed pictures of myself as gifts to my friends and coworkers. Um, that I would go to, you know, they'd have a birthday party or something. We're, you know, we're all in our early twenties, so like a birthday yeah. party was, hey, let's go out to a bar and you know, and hang out. Um, so every once in a while, I'll get a text or an email from from one of those old colleagues. I'd be like, you'll never guess what I came across, and they'll have a screenshot of the autographed picture that I had sent them um, nice. for their birthday those many years ago. So I was delusional back then. Yeah. Well. Um- uh, my buddy Jason and his now wife Kelly, and you actually did meet both of these people when you were here uh, back in 2003. I believe we even went to the apartment they were living in at the time uh, on Pontchartrain Boulevard, and because we were hanging out with him, I remember you pulled he pulled up your uh, your your profile with the Northeastern Conference on the computer because you were talking about your work there. <laughs> You might not even remember this. I don't even remember. Yeah, I mean, it was we were drunk. We were going around town. We ended up at their apartment as a real quick stopover. Not not the infamous crawfish boil apartment. This was their little. They lived uh, like a little half a double house, you know. Okay. Uh, which was which which ended up getting destroyed by by the flood. Uh, but we um, years ago we were at um, 
I don't know if it was before. Actually, it was before that. It was before I moved to Boston. We had been at Pat O'Brien's, and you know Pat O'Brien's in the quarter. Yep. And we were there in the middle of the day drinking, like on a weekend. And it was me on one side of the table. It was them on the other side. And Pat O'Brien's, they come around. They got photographers who take your picture. Yes. You know, oh, would you like me to take a picture for you? And then they sell you, you know, would you like to buy a picture? You know, and it's like, I don't know, 10 bucks or whatever. And they'll take a picture of your group. Yep. And, and they give you like this 8 by 10 photo. And uh, we were there and we're like, yeah, let's get a picture. And it's a picture of me on one side. I'm like in Hawaiian shirt, sunglasses on my head, all jacked, giving two thumbs up. <laughs> and he's on the other side. His 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 girl Kelly's there, and and my buddy Jason's really drunk, and he's like holding on to her arm, and he's got like this real sheepish look on his face. And I remember making fun of him that day, and he was like, "But I love her." So we got the picture, and I always laughed about it. I was like, "Look at this picture, you know? <laughs> like, look how pathetic you are." <laughs> <laughs> like, but I love her. You know, so when I got married, what I did was I framed a picture. Uh, when we went to the engagement party or whatever. That was their engagement party gift. Was a framed picture of themselves. Oh, that's of great. That picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is a funny thing to give to somebody a picture with yourself in it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what they're getting. Perfect. But I figure, like, you know. Um, the people that have those photos who know who they are, they 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 should know that those are super limited edition collector's items. They are three of a kind. Autographed, uh, two sorry excuses, publicity photos. <laughs> yeah, one of three. If you own it, you own one of three. Yep, and that might mean nothing now, but it's gonna mean in, it's it's really gonna mean nothing in twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, I'm not seeing Jody Skullnick on this list of uh, <sighs> likes. Tara Fox, uh, Liz Stillman, you know, um, Tamara Lord. Um, I'm assuming these are people. Some of these people you know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I'm sorry. I guess you can't you, can't win them all. Can't win them all. Can't win any of them. <laughs> Reggie Peters commented, After this weekend, I say you guys can still party with the best of them. Love you all. <laughs> Liz Stillman liked it and gave a comment. Oh. So there you go. Well, that's better we than... Some, Mark Klaus gave some love. Mark Klaus had a good comment. He said, They would have never been that exuberant if it wasn't for all the liquor I fed them. Great times. <laughs> uh, everybody's taking credit. Yeah, everybody Everybody wants a piece. That's the problem. When you get to the top, everybody wants to take credit for it. That's it, man. That's it. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, speaking of getting to the top, uh, Two Sorry Excuses Army is coming through in droves. Uh, yeah. Last six or seven um, podcasts, every single one of them is over 100. Uh, we got t- two podcasts, over 200 downloads. Um for the month of July, we have 500 um, downloads. What's amazing is how many more downloads we had for this one than we had for the special one with Brian Peters last week. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> you know, one thing Two Sorry Excuses got away from? What's that? And we got to keep our eye on the prize. 
Lee Zurich, man. <laughs> we got. We're gonna come back to Lee Zurich. We've just been so busy with the Fourth of July. I um, I know, but Lee Zurich never sleeps, man. He's crushing people. Oh, that's true. Uh, that DA he was going after. Yeah. The guy resigned a couple of weeks ago. Oh man. He decided he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't gonna run for office again. He's been in that job for thirty years. And all you needed was the iron hand of Lee Zurich to come down. <laughs> all Lee right. Zurich starts sniffing around asking questions, and that guy was like, oh, it's not worth running anymore. <laughs> you know? All right, so when I get back from Curacao, uh, that's it. We're back on track. We get the eye on the prize. Uh, Lee Zurich, we'll have a Lee Zurich Wikipedia page up. Um, yeah. We'll make sure we, we know what he's up to, uh, what bridges he's burning, what politicians he's roasting. What but, kind of witness protection program he's in. Exactly. Exactly. In the meantime, two star excuses. Army, keep downloading. Uh, subscribe. Head over to iTunes and rate the show. Um, yep. I did a little uh, I did a little back office work this week. I reached out to a couple uh, potential partners, Syracuse themed partners, um, to see if we could have um, a little partnership going on. Hopefully in the next couple weeks that will be um, That'll be on the on our on our plate, and we'll have a couple of uh, legitimate sponsors. Oh, nice! Yeah, and um, in the meantime, you know, keep on downloading, keep on listening. Yeah, and I've got some ideas for stuff I want to do on the blog myself that I'm going to start getting on soon. Not directly related to anything we do, but related to life in general and just general. Um, you know, uh, diversions, you know. Well, there you go. If you're just hopping on the Two Sorry Excuses party train, you picked the perfect time because we're just getting rolling. Yep. We're two lonely middle-aged men looking for a way to fill the void. So we're <laughs> going to be filling it up soon. <laughs> oh. Perfect, man. Perfect. On that note, you got anything else? Nah, that's all, man. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, man. Wish me luck down on, uh, yeah, on the uh, Tropic of Capricorn. Send my love to everyone down there, man. I certainly will. I'll bring my sunscreen, and uh, hopefully I'll come back with some good pictures and yeah. some good stories. Yeah, definitely got to send a postcard to the website. We got to see what that dressy, casual Curacao style <laughs> looks like. I certainly will. All right, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo.